from Los Angeles, California, on the MTV Podcast Network, this is North Mollywood. I'm Alex Papadimus, and sitting across the table from me, Australia's Minister of Agriculture, Molly Lambert. Uh, welcome, welcome back, everybody, listeners. Thanks for being our friends. Today we're going to talk about Coachella which I just went to for the first time. And then we are going to talk about Australia with special guest Brody Lancaster, um, a mysterious land that Alex and I know very little about. And Brody is going to educate us about Australian culture and uh, music and other things like marsupials, presumably. An entire continent is a mystery to the layperson. With all the coolest animals. All the coolest animals, all the coolest, uh, yeah, uh, prisoners, I think. I think it's a prison island. Uh, we're going to learn. See, I've already, their stereotypes are going to get shattered. <laughs> uh, so I just got back from Coachella for Speaking of prison the islands. first time ever. Speaking of prison islands, uh, I went to Coachella, and it was fun. I had a great time. But I definitely, when I got there, was like, oh, this is what Disney World must be like, because you just are very aware once you're in the desert that you cannot leave the desert quickly. You are there. That's that is the thing about the desert. <laughs> that's that's the truth. So you've never been. I've never I, been. You've and you've lived here your I've entire lived life. Here my entire life. It uh, it wasn't a thing when I was in high school. I think it had started already, but um, I I don't think it became quite the the cultural megaforce that it is today until a little while later and. Yeah, it just never worked out. I didn't have the money or the the, the gas or something. And uh, there were a few things sort of preventing me from, from going, such as uh, a fear of the sun. I was going to say that we should, we should establish that you, it's, it's generally, it, it involves the out of doors and like the direct harsh the sunlight. The direct harsh of sunlight. Of which you are not a fan. Of which I'm not a fan. Uh, and, and also a lot of day drinking, of which I'm not a fan is not not my thing. I kept being like, oh, if, if it were in uh, the forest, I'd be way more <laughs> if you're in a different biome. I would be more down. That's where the freak folk cella. Yeah. Or, or, just or would have happened. Like ice cella. Ice cella would be. Yeah. They were having like festivals up in the Arctic Circle at one point. Yeah, like beer festivals. But they uh, should do. I would go to that very much so. But I, I decided to face my fears and face the sun. And I went to Coachella and I wore a ton of sunscreen and generally hid indoors until the sun went down. And it was great. It was weird and fun and exhausting. Alex, you've been, right? I have been. Whenever the Pixies year was, I went to that. I saw the Pixies. That's the one time I ever saw the Pixies. That was pretty cool. That was um, the only time you ever saw the Pixies? It was the only time. No, wait. I think I, no, I'm sorry. No, I saw that when I was in high school. I saw the Pixies open for U2 as well. <laughs> I was going to say. I'm on the Zoo TV tour. Shocked. Not that that's so much cooler it necessarily. Is cool. It's we pretty, were just no, talking I mean, about how Zoo TV is underrated. Uh, we were, in fact. And like, that was, a, yeah, and I saw the outside broadcast uh, version of that tour. Uh, it was great. Uh, but, and they were great. Uh, they were great. The reunited Pixies, they stand very far apart from each other, which is, I think, you know, probably cool was for Kim them. Was Kim Deal still in the band? Kim Deal was in the band. It was a Kim Deal era reunion show, and it was great. And then was that the same year as, like, I think I went twice, and I also I, I saw Radiohead there, and I saw Kraftwerk. The same year? I don't know. Well, I think Radiohead and Kraftwerk was the same year. I don't know. Like I, have, I forget. I blur twice. two Coachellas together. Exactly. Yeah. I felt like it went, man. 
I remember a lot of glow sticks being thrown in the air and a party where Misha Barton cried in the corner because she was breaking up with somebody and she was having a bad time at Coachella. like the perfect Coachella. It was so OC. It was a perfect kind of, it was as if the OC had come to life in front of me because I didn't live in LA at that time. So it was like, I'm here, I'm in Los Angeles. I'm in the desert surrounded by palm trees. People are throwing glow sticks. There's a craft work show happening over here. Misha Barton's crying over, uh, you know, the oil air or whatever in the corner. Oh, it was Brandon everything. Davis? I think it was Brandon Davis era, you know, and I think he had uh, he he was being a bad boyfriend somehow. I don't know. I don't want to, you know. I will say having been him. now that, you know, there's just a moment when you cry when you're just too tired to do anything <laughs> but just have, have a moment. That was me on Sunday. I kind of hit the wall of having too much fun, which is also why I think it's a lot like Disney World. You're just like, I have no more serotonin. I'm just totally spent things are happening that are fun but i have nothing left to give to them and then i cried and then i uh felt great after that <laughs> i was just needed to like break through to the other the other side those receptors get burned out and you just can't they do there, there's a there's a picture uh, for people who frequent your instagram have already seen this but there's an instagram photo of you at a day party that says a thousand words about what you just uh, described well it's it's funny because i posted that picture and then i felt it's a picture of me at a, it was a Pete Tong pool party um, with a lot of DJs. It was called Day Club. Which had, you, you had gone Pete Tong. I did. In that moment. Everything said, all the inflatable swans said it's all gone Pete Tong on them in the pool, in the crazy overchlorinated uh, people soup pool. You want that pool to be overchlorinated. Yeah, but I, I posted this picture where I kind of look like like I'm the person wearing all the clothes at the pool party and hiding from the sun. But uh, I did not post the follow-up picture, which is that an hour later I was in that pool on the inflatable swan having the best time of my life. So <laughs> I don't want to be a hater because I, I had a great time on that swan and I would do it again. And being in a pool with a bunch of people, I mean, being in a pool at a, while a DJ is playing is great. I was just like, oh, why doesn't this happen all the time? You can feel the bass in the pool. It's great. Oh, you can get, if you go underwater, you can actually, you can hear some. Or just yeah. the shallow end was near the stage. So if you walked over to the shallow end, there were people just in a pool watching the stage. And I was just like, this is how all of Coachella should be. We should all be in a pool all the time. <laughs> and the musicians should play to us. I'm in favor of that. I will sign a petition, whatever whatever there is. Uh, there was a reason, a reason why you wanted to be there this year more than any other year. Can we like can we talk about it? Sure. Uh, that that reason was the Guns N' Roses reunion, which seemed like a great reason to go to Coachella and like a very weird, uh, potentially weird situation. And I just was super curious to see what that would be like, and it was amazing. I was pleasantly surprised by how good they were, and uh, I saw a lot of other stuff, but that was definitely sort of the, the highlight of the weekend, I would say. It was the full, so it's the full lineup, right? That's the, no. It's, it, well, I mean. It's the, uh, it's Duff, Slash, and Axel, which is okay. close enough for a lot of people. It's the first Axel and Slash official right. time they've been on stage together. So that's really what people meant by it's an original Guns N' Roses reunion. But uh, Izzy was not there. Izzy has not been interested in being in the band for a long time, I think. Uh, Steven Adler was not involved, the original drummer. And basically it was uh, Axel, Slash, and Duff were what make this Guns N' Roses and not the 
axle only axle and bucket head Guns N' Roses that Guns N' Roses has been for the past couple decades. Well, it was Buckethead and there was Bumblefoot at one <laughs> yeah. point. There was literally, there was, yeah, like they literally found another guy who had a name like that. He's probably like an associate of Buckethead. Yeah, he's a cousin. Yeah. He's in the, you know, in, in the family. Yeah, I tried to get the full Coachella experience. I tried to get a little bit of everything. Uh, I think that's the best way to do a big festival like that. There's things you want to see, but the best thing to do is just wander around and see a little bit of everything. The best sort of... Uh, spontaneous moment was I went to meet my brother at one of the tents. I think it was a Sahara tent. They all have silly names. And it was, we were just meeting randomly at this tent, but I think Dan Auerbach was playing and we happened to meet right at the moment when he brought out Joe Walsh. So we were like, oh, hey, here we are. And then it's like, oh, and now introducing Joe Walsh. And (laughs) Joe Walsh came out from, from the Eagles. So they saw you coming. They, they were saw like, me coming. They were like, now, Molly's here. Well, it was crazy because they brought out Joe Walsh, and then they were like, and now another special guest. And for one second, I was like, Don Henley's going to come out. They're going to bring out, they're going to just bring out all, all the eagles who can talk to each other, can stand to be near each other for five seconds. But then instead, it was that Joe Walsh brought out Gary Schwartz, who is, I think, his guitar teacher. It's like a Midwestern shredder legend, 78-year-old guy. And then he, he and Gary Schwartz like shredded, shredded like crazy. And it was awesome. And I felt very like, oh, this is where I belong with like this Joe is my, Walsh. This is my tent. This is my tent. Um, and then at the end, Gary Schwartz made a, made a little statement where he was like, oh, thank you so much for letting me be here. And never forget the reason for all of this is Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's exactly. And the crowd was so like, uh, do we applaud for that? I'm not sure. Everybody's so wasted. They have had no idea how to react to that. I applauded because I was like, aw, Carrie <laughs> Schwartz. Repping, repping Jesus in, yeah. the, in, the, in, the, in the desert yeah. where, where Jesus lived. It was very adorable. And then they left the stage and... I went elsewhere. But what else did I see? I saw Anderson Pock, who's really amazing, um, who, speaking of Don Henley, he drums and and sings at the same time. He drums and raps. Does he drum the entire time? Is Not the, the entire one? time, just like a few songs okay. uh, he drums. and I was wondering yeah, what that lineup looks like. like what yeah. The, how do you, how you it's like he'll that, go, he'll, he'll sort of like walk over to the drum kit and be like, oh, by the way, now I'm going to just like play drums while I'm amazing. That's such a power move to be like, oh, yeah, and I'm also really good at this. Well, that's like the most, to be the, the front man who can play drums while they sing, that is to me the most impressive thing somehow. Don Henley and, and Phil Collins are the two, the two big ones, right? But... Just the idea of like, oh, you can keep rhythm and, you know, drumming is hard. Drumming is exhausting. And you can sing at the same time. It's like dancing while you sing. It's crazy. It's yeah. two totally different skill sets. I'm amazed with anybody who can do anything yeah. in that vein, honestly. Um, and then he brought out T.I., which was kind of like, oh, I guess so. Sure. Why not? And everybody went crazy for T.I. for a minute. There were a lot of like guests. That's the big thing at Coachella that I learned is that people people bring out surprise guests a lot. So speaking of special guests, when we return, we'll talk to Brody Lancaster about Australia. When we fl- we're going to fly to Australia right now and retrieve Brody and we'll be right back. We'll meet you guys on the Brody. other side of the international dateline. That's right. That's a thing. Yeah, we're going to that, that that makes sense. Hide in a kangaroo pouch. I know nothing about geography. That's what we're going to learn <laughs> in a minute. Me neither, uh, so this should be fun together. We'll be right back. 
like many people, I think everyone in this room was captivated this week by a new Johnny Depp film. It's very short. We can all listen to it right now. Australia is a wonderful island with a treasure trove of unique plants, animals, and people. That has to be protected. Australia is free of many pests and diseases that are commonplace around the world. That is why Australia has to have such strong biosecurity laws. And Australians are just as unique, both warm and direct. When you disrespect Australian law, they will tell you firmly. I am truly sorry that Pistol and Boo were not declared. Protecting Australia is important. Declare everything when you enter Australia. In this tense moment for Austro-American relations, it's more important than ever that we talk about what our cultures have in common and the gifts that we have uh, given each other and everything Australia has given the world when it is not arresting our finest actors for dog smuggling. Here with us to discuss that and uh, related topics is Brody Lancaster, the editor of the zine Film Fatals, contributor to Rookie and also to MTV, and a card-carrying Australian? Are you card carrying? Are you? Are yeah, I'm also technically like I have an American visa, so I can like I'm allowed to be here. Unlike I don't know, Johnny Depp's dogs were not allowed to be in Australia. Well, one would hope that you. Would I have, have the more, paperwork. Yeah, one would hope that you would have more rights to travel across than than Johnny Depp's dogs. Yeah, only dogs. just. Yeah. It's very it's very strange for an Australian agricultural minister to be in international news. So this is like, as much as we're super embarrassed about it, it's also like Australians just love being recognized by anywhere else in the world, specifically America. So this is like a cool, fun moment where we feel relevant. <laughs> but what happened was last year, Johnny Depp and his wife were in the Gold Coast in Australia filming the new parts of the Caribbean movie and they took a chartered jet to the Gold Coast uh, and the jet was also carrying their two dogs who are like tiny, like the most comically small dogs imaginable. And their names are Pistol and Boo. And there was like paparazzi footage or something of them like in this like huge mega mansion on the Gold Coast. And they were not allowed to be there. They weren't declared uh, when they entered the country. So yeah, the Australian agricultural, I think that was his title at the time. I, I was Wikipediaing him before this to make sure I like knew all his... Uh, details and apparently he's now the deputy prime minister of our country which is like the joe biden of australia so that's cool his name is barnaby joyce and he is just like an like comically like ridiculous australian man i mean i know australia has a lot of problems with animals being brought in from other places that then completely overrun the island like in that simpsons episode like in the simpsons yeah. episode but also in the the document the fake documentary maybe about cane toads oh cane toads are very real yeah yeah like that's not true of teacup yorkies though right? no I mean, there's yeah there's not a real risk that pistol but and that's, boo that's yeah. the reason why they're so strict on animals is because people are always bringing in animals yeah. that shouldn't shouldn't be brought in and Australia has such a specific ecosystem. Yeah, I mean we have tiny little dogs in Australia though. I don't like it was it was actually kind of amazing to watch it all unfold in Australia last year when it was going on because like Barnaby Joyce has like he doesn't talk like I do. Like he has a really exaggerated kind of Australian accent and just to hear this guy give like a press conference about 
Johnny Depp and he like used his full name like you know in that episode of Parks and Recreation when like Louis CK and like all the police do the like fake police kind of like report <laughs> to the camera and they're like uh, there was an incident involving like a white male aged 45 like and it's like that exaggerated like the way that police talk to cameras and that's the way Barnaby Joyce was trying to describe like Mr. John like Christopher Depp or whatever <laughs> like using his full name but then he said like also aka Captain Jack Sparrow, like he he was like loving this moment so much. Yeah, he's because that's the thing. When I actually went back and read the coverage of the of the event when it happened, he seemed to be enjoying the like. Oh he yeah, he had some jokes yeah. that his staff had written or something. He was like, he so threw into in it. A yeah, zingers. Yeah, he really was. And like the thing that I loved most about this whole debacle last year is that like it brought out the best in like Australia's political. Uh, situation I guess because like the response to Barnaby Joyce was like basically all of Australia being like you're embarrassing us you're making us look so silly and then he there's like this video where like um he's kind of ripping off like the Jimmy Kimmel like celebrities read mean tweets thing where he's Barnaby Joyce is sitting there reading aloud like hate mail he's received about this situation and it's just like Australia is a place where like people will write to their agricultural minister who's now the deputy prime minister to say like I hope Johnny Depp like drop kicks you because you're a wanker like that's the country that (laughs) this is all happening in it's amazing to watch I hope that that was an actual tweet yeah, it was like a letter. He was like reading it off, like a pr- like someone had mailed it to him. Is this the biggest international Australia on the on the world stage incident since that guy who had the party? Corey, oh, that made it over here. Yeah, cool. that was huge. No, I did not. You don't that remember that, Corey Worthington? It's like a guy in like a teenager. He's That's... engaged now. <laughs> he became a national celebrity because what did he do? He like posted it. He posted a party that he on that my he was space, having on MySpace, like two thousand. Everybody in Australia came. Yeah, it was like this huge party. It wrecked his parents' like house, and he did like sixty minutes. Did a profile, and there were all like little shithead. There were all this news footage of him. He's like this blonde surfer dude in shutter shades, just talking about like, oh, I had this party, and everybody came, and it was it was great, and I don't feel bad at all. Yeah, and he was like the most apathetic like teen you could ever imagine. He had like a bait hoodie like pulled over his head, and like sunglasses on all the time, no shirt. I have a theory about. Australia sort of being uh, kindred with California. Oh, yeah. Because I think there's sort of a lot of the same stereotypes about Mm -hmm. everyone being kind of hot and dumb and going to the beach a lot. Yeah, for sure. Like, I feel like I've heard other Europeans be kind of snotty about Australia the same way that people are snotty about California. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, everybody's just... Everybody's just going to the beach all day and yeah, just super relaxed and, like, loving the sunshine, which you and I can... A test we do not love. No, you do not have to love the sun to live in those places. Yeah. But I met some very hilarious Australians when I was at Coachella this weekend who were very just pro-Australia, telling me about how it's a great place to be. Uh-huh. And they told me about something I had never heard about because we started talking about drinking culture and they were saying like, yeah, yeah, Coachella is super tame compared to Australian music festivals. Because in California, there's a law that you have to have that drinking confined to certain areas. So there's beer gardens. And they Mm -hmm. were just like... And and people are really wasted at Coachella. So for them to say, oh, this is nothing compared to what it's like at the Australian festivals where Mm -hmm. everybody's wasted at 8 a.m. And gets more wasted from there uh, was kind of amazing. And then they told us about some Australian drinking games. And one of them 
which I wanted to ask you to confirm or deny the existence of, uh-huh. was something called shoeys. Oh, shoeys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad shoeys have made it all the way here. Uh, I think we're introducing it here. I think yeah. this is actually, it's going to take off from this point. I think this is the debut, the American debut of shoeys as an idea. So, Brody, would <laughs> the you... Your shoeys broke. The issue, yeah, this is the shoeys gate. Um, so shoeys is what you call it when uh, you pour a drink into a shoe, like a sneaker, and then you drink it. Is um, it your shoe or is it your friend's shoe? Like, I've never done one uh, because why would you? I'm not gross. repulsive. <laughs> yeah, um, but from what I've seen, you do it on your own shoe. And it's you've been dared. I think that's the rule. I have no idea. Like I kind of only know about shoeys because there's this band called the Smith Street Band, who have been touring America while I've been here. So I saw them play in New York and then in uh, Seattle last week, and um, they. I guess have done shoeys on stage at their shows in Australia. Maybe it started in Tasmania. It feels like a Tasmanian thing. No offense, Tasmania, but like Tasmania is a little like island state that's like okay. separated from what they call the mainland, which is the rest of Australia. So I think shoeys maybe originated in Tasmania, but I'm not a hundred percent certain. Maybe that's one of those things where people just want to blame it on like, oh, we didn't come up with that. We're we're not gross enough to drink out of our shoes. It yeah. must have been the, this other part of Australia came up with it. It'd be like in America if you like found out something gross like a shoey and you attributed it to like backwater like right you were like you know that's what the kids in the country do yeah yeah Are, yeah is that is that is it a bogan a bogan thing yes a hundred percent oh you know your stuff well, Gary just, you were explaining shoeys. bogans to me yeah at one point. you don't know about bogans no, you were telling me about bogans and I I, I thought I, bogans I, had had crossed over because yeah. it's the best word in the world is it is it offensive though like is it a slur no not really. It's uh, like it's kind of like white trash, I think, which is kind of offensive. To yeah, maybe people. like less offensive than uh, white trash. But like something I've learned since I've been in America is that the words that are super offensive here, we will just like you throw know, around like the C word, which I'm yeah, not going to yeah, say yeah. on this podcast. But like depending on who you're talking to in Australia and like what you're talking about. It's not like it's off limits. Yeah, yeah. It's it's used as like a modifier a lot. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, which is why like I think the um the Barnaby Joyce thing was like such a delight because there were people like calling him a dickhead on like live national oh. radio and he's like a in power like parliamentary figure. Like imagine I can't imagine any other country in the world where someone would feel comfortable like calling like a politician a dickhead. I love and nothing would happen. I just love the way dickhead sounds when an Australian says it. Sounds so yeah, really it's 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 really really cool (laughs) exotic phrase now. I mean and we do I mean yeah we we call our politicians dickheads over here. Yeah. To their face. Maybe not as often. Yeah, I don't know if they would read it aloud. That's the Yeah. Dickhead cool is such a that. like a seventh grade insult. It it really it's it hurts. I'm sure if you're Barnaby, <laughs> have everyone calling you a dickhead. I mean, he's like I feel like this is like his moment of glory. Like he's so into this like scandal, if you can call it that. He like suggested that the dogs, not the dogs, the video of uh, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard apologizing. That like horrible like like torturous video to watch be played on all Qantas flights <laughs> to and from America and Australia like and like when they when the scanner was first going on when they were sent back to America he tweeted like dogs gone <laughs> like he's this is he's like loves being the face of this uh why do you think Johnny Depp looked so sad in that video 
he's a good actor and they told him to express remorse. Mm. That's my thing. But theory. he doesn't he doesn't look like genuinely sad. He looks like somebody's holding a gun to his head and being like no, apologize to Australia. Oh, he's yeah. so miserable to be there. He doesn't yeah. he's like, would Brando apologize to Australia? And yeah. then he's like, wait, how would Brando apologize That's to Australia? And then totally he goes true. it goes into Brando at the end of it. Like I think I can't tell though. It's I watched it a million times and I can't I'm trying I keep going back and forth about whether or not he's putting a little spin on that last uh, declare everything before entering Australia. Like he, he's like he knows this is stupid and like yeah. he really wants. Well, nobody's to, yeah. gonna bring a dog into Australia now by mistake because this is a big public service announcement, not of why you can't do that. Yeah, they made a big point of like we're making an example out of him, but it's like, you know, I don't know. I feel bad for Johnny. No, you don't. I do because that video was like the a man at his lowest <laughs> that's what it made me like him i was like oh this is great he should have to apologize just for everything all the time because i'm enjoying watching it i went to like a thing with this is super off topic but it's just about johnny depp i went to like this uh one of those like even evenings with kevin smith last year he came to australia and he is like good friends with Johnny Depp because like their daughters their daughters are friends yeah and they're like I knew in about movies this, together because they live in like the valley together or something yeah and so like his Kevin Smith's daughter Harley Quinn yes has his daughter is named Harley Quinn for the record we just like to point that out he named his daughter after an insane Batman villainous which is, her life is about to get terrible by the way when yeah. Suicide Squad comes out or really good or awesome I mean yeah. she was it, it was like super cute when she was like a little baby like and hang out with like Jane Silent Bob but now she's like a cool a teenager. teenager who I follow on Instagram. Um, well, Johnny Depp's daughter amazing. is the coolest teenager. She is the scariest, hottest, underage person in the world. Yeah. She looks like Johnny Depp and her mom. She looks like a Johnny Depp-Vanessa Paradis hybrid. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but she's also a cool, like, yeah, she internet teen. really cool, like a cool yeah. internet teen and just, like, and stupidly beautiful and a Chanel brand ambassador or something. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But, like, the story was that, like, Johnny Johnny Depp... Kevin Smith was saying that Johnny Depp still considers himself, like, a failed rock star. Because that he, is true. Yeah, he, like, moved to L.A. to be in a band, and then he just, like, started going on auditions to try to, like, pay the bills, and then became Johnny... Like, his first audition was for Nightmare on Elm Street, I think. And then, like, big, or 22 Jump Street. I forget which one came first. But, like, he just became Johnny Depp accidentally. And so still considers himself like this. Like well, he's been gigging a lot recently. Oh, really? He plays with Marilyn Manson, who he is best friends with. Sure. Whoa. Uh, Whoa. I don't know uh, if we can necessarily talk about this on the air, but I met somebody who claimed to have been to a Satanist ritual where Marilyn Manson and Johnny Depp were both present. We're talking about it now. So I think they are both involved with the Church of Satanism, the the Hollywood Anton LaVey Church of Satanism that is sort of a historic institution that I think is not even really, you know, there's no bloodletting or anything. I think it's more of no, like it's just, a... It's like do what thou wilt. Yeah. Right? It's just libertarian. It's like, yeah. It's it a, is. It's, it's pretty moral cool. Moral libertarianism. It's pretty cool, so It's actually. like a very chill response to like Johnny Depp and Marilyn Manson are Satanists together. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, I mean, would you expect anything less? If Brody, I... What Marilyn Manson wants from us is for us to overreact. Okay. Yeah, so we're not going to give him the satisfaction. Sure. We're just going to okay, be like, yeah, okay, okay, whatever, Marilyn Manson. You, you do you. Just yeah. Satanism? Okay. Come on. Yeah, exactly. You're not actually like ushering in, you know, the like the Cthulhu monsters coming through the crack in the earth. Like, well, here. that's what's going to happen if you keep bringing dogs to Australia. <laughs> that's how it starts. Maybe they were coming for some kind of like ritual sacrifice or something and he didn't get to see it through. Exactly. So now he's like repenting to like the 
I was going to say the god of Satanism, which is like Satan, I guess, right? The god of Satan, yeah, the Satan, the satanic god. The is, boss, is Satan. yeah. He's the, yeah, he's the prime minister of Satanism. Yeah. yeah, he's the Barnaby Joyce of Satanism. <laughs> well, thanks for coming to visit us, Brody. Thanks and, for having me. Um, we will hopefully see you again soon. Mm-hmm. And maybe in Australia where we will not bring dogs. Please don't All right, declare go. everything. But if I put like one little baby kangaroo in my bag or like a wallaby and bring it back to America... Will I have to apologize? Just declare it. Like, that was the message I got from Joni. Just declare it, then it's fine. (laughs) Great. Yeah. Then I'll be hiding in a kangaroo pouch. Thanks for visiting North Mollywood. Be sure to subscribe and rate us highly on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at MTV Podcasts and like us on Facebook. This episode was produced by Mukta Mohan in Los Angeles, California, the center of the universe and the West Coast headquarters of MTV News.